What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Joel Cupcake. I am here again with another episode of Joel Cupcake Unedited Live. I got the headset on. You see the name in the bottom corner over here. Oh, well, here, whatever. So you know what that means. Got a guest today. Um, before we get that, before we kick that off, a couple updates. Uh, first and foremost, um, the show is going to be once a week now. I'm only going to do a new episode every Tuesday between trying to correlate scheduling with my guests. Um, I got a new work from home job. Uh, I'm also doing some streaming. Penup's going to be hosting a lot more live events soon, um, which will also be, I'll be streaming and add and hosting and partaking in and working and whatnot. Uh, it's just going to be way easier for me to only facilitate um, one episode a week. So there's, there's that. That's what it is. Um, Find me on Twitch. Most of my episodes are going to be live on there now as well. Um, that link is just twitch.tv slash Joel Cupcake. Hit me up there. Uh, please keep subscribing to the YouTube page if you haven't already. Um, I've been getting more and more hits on the podcasts. I noticed that seems to be the preferred medium. So thank you for that, everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, today, we are going to do a little bit more of an educational episode, talk about some more music industry stuff. Um, the last couple episodes, we've really strayed away from that. I have like one little tiny segment or like a question on it. Uh, I have a guest today who I do a lot of work with. He is a really good friend of mine. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to have him on. Um, and I think hopefully it'll be informative for a lot of you folks from like smaller bands or like Bands aren't really aren't sure what's going on right now in the industry with like COVID and, and all that nonsense. So uh, without further ado, here is my good friend, Julian. Hey, Joel. Hey, everyone. Hi, Julian. How you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm great, dude. I am great. Um, thanks for joining me today, dude. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Of course, dude. Dude, I mean, I feel like we talk all the time anyways, so. We do. It's I just going like to be. It's just, it's just constant. Gonna, yeah, it's just going to be another another one of that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, okay, well, I had a notification in the background. Hope that didn't uh, pop up here. My bad. I didn't um, see anything, so I think you're okay. good. You didn't hear it? Okay. I did not. Tight, 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 tight. Thank you. Let me close this window anyways, just in case. Um, all right, Julian, thanks for joining me today. Uh, yeah. So everybody, Julian plays in an awesome band called Demon and Me. Um, their name is scrolling across the bottom of the screen on the little ticker thing. Be sure to check them out. Uh, they were one of the bands on our first live stream event we did a few weeks ago that Penup hosted, uh, where we raised some money for some charities. Uh, just kind of wanted to do a cool thing with like a mixed genre set to, uh, you know, support the, the, our local scene and like the Northern California music scene and give people something, some sort of normalcy, you know what I mean? Uh, so Julian, yeah. thanks again for having you and the boys play that. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. I mean, we had a great time and it was our first show since all this started. So yeah, seriously, I know, and, I, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. And much love to all those bands. I mean, we've played with seeing the sky before and they're great to play with. We've played with it never before, I believe as well. And I've seen yeah. a handful of times. So it's all bands yeah. that we've seen or played with at some different point. So it was great just to be together and, you know, play with friends. Yeah. And, and I loved also like, you know, we really went back to the roots of like the mixed genre, you know what I mean? We did, like, yeah. I think there's like, a lot more needed nowadays, especially of that too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and a big theme I've had here on my show is like unity, peace, us being like united and getting through COVID and also the political and social problems in our country together. Yeah. United as a people, skin color doesn't matter. 
you know, race, religion, creed, beliefs, sexual orientation, none of that fucking matters. We're all fucking beings. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it, so, it and so yeah. like, I feel like, you know, music is powerful. Music is, you know, as far as things that have an effect on people, you know, like music, politics, and religion are probably the three top things I, I would like to think. You know what I yeah. mean? Because and, like, you know, celebrities and books and all that shit, it all falls into one of those three categories. You know what I mean? It does. And it, and it really is a very cohesive thing that I think people don't always put together. You know, mm -hmm. with musicians, people people often, I hear, I hear them commenting or see them commenting, you know, why is this band involved in politics? But at the same time, it's like, you know, you need to have some sort of beliefs at the, at the center of your band. Not that everyone has to agree with them, but you still need to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, and, yeah you know, because, it, because at some point in time, if you don't have beliefs, if you're like, okay, we're just three dudes making music to make money, like eventually that will show through. Exactly. And like, yeah, you might have still some, you might still have most of your mainstream support, but like the organic fans that will come back every single time and buy a shirt, not just because you're like the it band or the band they heard on the radio this month, like you won't have that because yeah. eventually it'll shine through and people will notice. Well, real people love real bands. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, every single super fan you ever hear about, they're not talking just about, you know, oh, I love this song. They're saying, you know, I love how they connect with us. I love how they yeah. connect with our fan base. I love how I, I see this person as a person. I don't yeah. see them as just like some unattainable figure. And the most engaging bands have the most engagement. They they engage yeah. the most. That's that's they get that return back just yeah. for doing their part. Yeah. Well, so so Julian, oh fucking motorcycles, man. Every time I want to do one of these goddamn <laughs> episodes, dude. Sorry, everybody. Just um, revving it up. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's just like I'm let me just fucking bullet train right by you real quick, dude. Fuck your day up, Joel. Um <laughs> all right, well, well, Julian, you know, real quick before we get into deep. Yeah. You know, give me like, uh, let's do one of my regular episodes in like five minutes. Like, just give everybody like a five minute history of you, you know, okay. like, because you're in a band and you're also a booking agent, which is yeah. why we're going to have a more learning episode today. Yeah. A, more, a more talk a little bit more. Like, I haven't done anything where we actually talk about the music industry totally. with a guest. Actually, I don't think period. You know what I mean? Like Nick yeah. and I talked about some stuff when he interviewed me and we like switched seats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, th which I loved that episode. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. um, we but haven't, think, you know, everything's always been like, get to know my guests, get to know my guests. And like, you know, you're, you and I see eye to eye, but like, I love working with you. Cause when I work, work with you, it's a lot like working with Defonts where like, we agree on a lot and we also don't agree on a lot, but we can have like constructive, healthy conversations about the shit exactly. we don't agree on. Like the like bands need to do, the industry needs to do, artists can do to like improve their, their, their situations, you know? And that's the most important part about having a team is you want your team to be able to disagree, but in mm -hmm. a constructive way, you know, it's like, yeah. cause as a band, you know, you're, you're individual members at the same time at the end of the day, and you're not always going to see eye to eye, but having a team that can also, not necessarily see where you're coming from, but see the other side and help you kind of see both sides really makes a difference. Yes. I think yeah. that's been a lot of the positive parts of our relationship is we can both agree and disagree on a lot of stuff. And sometimes yeah. I feel like we're disagreeing with the band, but you know, we say our thing and then, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a discussion. We're not going to stop them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. But just so we give our feedback and so they know where we're coming from, I think is more positive than, you know, people that stay silent about that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's also good because it's like, sometimes it'll be like you and I agree and the band doesn't, or you totally. and the band agree and I don't. And then we're all able to like come to a compromise, find a flow, find something that like works. Out. Oh, God damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's a fire truck, so I can't be mad. It's not like it's the fucking. You can't be. No, they're, they're doing like, their job. <laughs> they're probably out there saving somebody's life, or dude, nobody ever said know. fuck the fire department. You know, that's that's true. That's true. You know, you know what? Ironically, Julian, like, so I did all this research uh, that like fell in my lap. We're gonna go way fucking off subject right now, but I don't care. It's my <laughs> fucking show. Do you remember when like all those fires happened last year in like Malibu oh, yeah. and like SoCal and all that shit? Yeah. So I remember at our, this article popped up. And a bunch of people were like, yo, fuck the Kardashians because Kim and Kanye basically had an on-call personal fire department that came and saved their block, like their neighborhood, like a wow. private, private firefighters. That's ridiculous. And, and Well, hold on. It is ridiculous as Americans. Yeah. We think that's ridiculous. But I did some research like us and like kind of Canada are like the only places that have a true – volunteer fire department like yeah. london and britain and all that stuff the reason so much of british history has been lost over the years and you always hear about all these fires that happen throughout history in britain is because the fire departments were always controlled by the insurance agencies and the people with money so like if you it wasn't a public service like it is here yeah. in america so we sit around and go man fuck the wests and the kardashians for having that ability but like you know at the end of yeah. the day, like they did save their whole neighborhood and a bunch of other, you know, like granted, they're all rich people. And I'm sure the house burning down is nothing to them. But, you know, that doesn't mean they don't still have memories and feelings and associations in totally. those buildings, you know. But so it was like crazy. Like I did all this research and I was like, wow, America, that's like one thing we are number one in is our fucking fire service because yeah. it's it's by the community for the community. It doesn't it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't like play favorites. Money has nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? I, I, and I mean, I'm yeah. sure it checks some firefighters. Like I'm sure the government weighs on them for certain things here and there. I mean that that happens in our fucked up political country, regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah, so well, it's, it's funny, actually, you mentioned that because uh, one of the first fire departments, I'm trying to remember the name of the man, but I, I can't remember it right now was uh, yeah. started by a Roman entrepreneur. And what he would do is he wouldn't put out any fires. What he would do is he would go up to the buildings that were on fire and the buildings around them and say, if you sell the land to me, I'll put out the fire and he'd only put it out once, once he owned the land. That's so funny. what he, that's how he basically ended up owning most of Rome. It, it, I can't remember his name right now. I wish yeah. I did, but if you look it up, it's a great story about how, you know, you see these people that set up this own, their own personal, you know, fire departments to save, you know, what they want to save. Yeah. But in America, we're blessed with, you know, a fire department that actually is volunteer run and can actually, you know, help yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, just seeing how far back it goes, and you see that it started out as just this almost money-making scheme. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, crazy, man, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it, it's it's crazy, but yeah, that that's way back. That's like ancient yeah. Roman Empire times. So we've made a long, long haul since then. But yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyways. Okay. Let's get. Let's. Okay, steer the <laughs> back horse. Right. You know, mass to sales, whatever the whatever the fuck that them pirates say. Uh, <laughs> five minutes about you. Go hit it, hit it, hit it. All right. So I think I first got my start in music uh, probably about middle school. Um, joined a band. You know, we sucked. Awful band. I I mean, I I could barely play at the time. I thought I was going to play drums. I got a drum set from my uncle. Couldn't play drums. So uh, my dad had a bass laying around. So I ended up picking that up and that. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of stuck because once you have the bass gear, I mean, there's so many bands that need a bass player that are actually, you know, yeah. already doing something. So it's easy to just join and kind of keep moving along, which was yeah. the nice part. 
I think yeah, at one exactly. point I played bass in like three bands and that was just way too much. And now it's just that's, down to the one, but that sounds about right. Um, yeah. You know, have you ever met Robert Scobie? He plays drums so. for Moria and give you nothing. Okay. He was like, there was like a joke for a while. He was literally in like seven bands. Oh, because, yeah. like, it happens. because like Evan and Tommy were the two other bigger drummers in our area. Like they were in like mm -hmm. no truce, taste of blood, some of those bands. Yeah. And like they both between their jobs and like they had bad lower backs, they were always hurting themselves because they did like construction and shit. So like there was like a point in time where Scobie was this dude like back at home, like one of my favorite fucking people growing up. And like he literally was like, I think he drummed for legit like seven bands at one point in time. <laughs> and I was like, there's yeah. never drummers and there's never bass players. It just it, is it, what it exactly. is. Exactly. I mean, that's the nice part about being in about playing bass is I was always, you know, able to find another band when something didn't work out. And that's and that's you know a nice part but the thing i kind of learned through that almost was like you need to find what people need at the yeah. same time and yeah. you need to find what's not there so it's like for me it's like i was playing bass and that was awesome and I, then i went to high school and then you know i was into sports and all that other kind of stuff but uh i actually had a, a big kind of change in my life at one point when i was uh 15 i had neck surgery and i was home from december of the school year up until the next school year so wow. I was home, had a lot of time to think, had a lot of time to kind of just like mess around and do whatever. But I ended yeah. up practicing a lot and just really realizing that, you know, music is kind of what I wanted to be a part of. There was nothing else that really made me as happy as, you know, being a part of music. So from then it was like, okay, let's do music. Let's find our way to do this. So I can respect that. I can yeah. Respect that. So what I did is I finished high school and then I went to a junior college by me and I was like, you know, I have no idea really, really want to do, I want to do music. So I took a bunch of music classes and I got an associate's actually in music business uh, from American River College, which is great, great program. Um, but it didn't really teach me, it taught me a bit and it gave me a good start, but it didn't really teach me what I needed to do to take the next step to actually be a part of the industry. Yeah. So I was kind of looking and I was always looking, you know, in, in town there was like, there was Artery that was doing a lot of stuff, but actually I didn't get into Artery until the last couple of years. So what happened was I ended up finding a way into the music industry through Live Nation. They were doing an internship for marketing. So I applied oh, cool. and I did a marketing internship and then that turned into, they were hiring for other jobs. So then I ended up taking a job with them. And then I was working at another job at the time too, but it quit that, you know, did started doing music stuff full time. I found other jobs in the music industry. People connected me in other ways. So, I went from just working as an intern to working at, you know, Ace of Spades as like a stagehand at first and then as a runner. And then as a runner, I got to know a lot more about production and whatnot. But yeah. also what's important about working at the venue is I got to see it from more sides. And I think people, I wish more artists would actually go apply at these venues and that way you yeah. can see like, okay, I now I understand why they're trying to get me to fucking take my drums down off stage. <laughs> like I can see why they're trying to rush me. I, yeah. I get it more. So it's like seeing it from that side, I got to meet a lot of bands. I, I was working directly with the band yeah. and, their, and their teams. And I'm starting to see, you know, all these different positions that I enjoy. And it really just kind of set me in, in the path of, okay, going to keep pushing on with music. And then, uh, and then as I was looking, um, Artery actually put out for assistance and they got some crazy amount of like they got like 500 plus you know whatever yeah but but i was lucky because i worked with some of the people I worked with ace of spades knew you know a lot of the people at artery so what happened was he asked you know he saw he saw one of my he saw the work ace of spades trevor saw the work ace of spades and he's like mm -hmm. he asked some people you know he's like what do you think of this kid and he and they were like oh great to work with hard worker 
So Trevor brought me in for an interview. I showed up like an idiot in a suit and tie for an interview with with Trevor, and he's in there wearing gym shorts and a in a I think a like a football like just like sweatshirt. Hilarious. Yeah. And I'm yeah. there in my suit and tie, like you know, 20 years old. Hey, you know what, dude? Or 22. But, that, or but that's that's what you got to do, though, dude. You, it know, is. Right? you, ha- you have to put out a good first impression. People yeah. underestimate that. But uh, so I put out my good first impression, and then I mm-hmm. from there it's like I was working for for Seth and for Tanner's an assistant. And yeah. and then I, from there I started kind of getting you know the system. Yeah. I but, said I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Seth, 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 actually, Seth is actually my next guest on the show. Oh. Ironically, well, I'm saying hi to Seth in advance. Then yeah, you will, I will let him know you said that. Don't yeah, don't, no. even, don't even don't even care. I loved working with Seth and with yeah. Tanner. It was totally different because it's like with Seth and Tanner, it's like I had Seth who was working. Seth actually, you know, booked him and me in the beginning, and you were you were part of that too, and you totally saw how that worked out. I mean, it's like it was yeah. it was a great first start for us, and it was great for me to see how people are booking and people how are doing this. Yeah, exactly. And then when I actually worked under Seth, I got to understand a lot more about it. And then when I worked under Tanner, I got to understand a lot more of other stuff too, because both of them kind of worked in these totally different genres. Uh, yeah. At first, Tanner was working pretty similar to what Seth was doing. He was doing a lot of, you know, heavier metal stuff. And so was Seth. But mm-hmm. then as time went on, you know, ended up being, okay, Tanner's now doing like pop stuff and R&B yeah. and he's doing like a ton of different stuff now, which has been great because it's gotten me to really see, okay, you can book this diverse array of clients and still have something you're happy with. And I, I've always been someone that's liked a lot of different genres of music. So for me, it's been yeah. nice to be able to work with so many different bands because I don't feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot when I'm like, okay, I'm going to submit this band for this tour. I don't have 30 bands to submit for the same goddamn tour. And I think that ends up happening a lot. Yeah. So I'm happy to kind of put the time into focus on my individual acts at this point and really just drive it home for them. I'm submitting that's, for these different tours. That's, yeah, that's tight. And like, you know, going back to like something you said, I, I didn't want to like cut you off again. Yeah, no worries. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, but like when you said like you wish more band dudes would work at like a venue so you can yeah. kind of like get it. Like, oh man, dude, you fucking hit the nail on the head with that. Like, dude, it's it's not just venues. It's like there's so many things they could do to really just get more about it. And it's yeah. Well, and, it's like, it's like I, I guess I guess like I'll be a little selfish and I'll probably get a little heat for for saying some of this. I don't really fucking care. But like I uh, I talked. I was talking with Nick Bain from uh, the Hard Times mm-hmm. shows the other day. Yeah. And like him and I were talking, and we were joking around about how like there is no so like as a promoter, you can reach out to music. Music cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, okay, the Grammys will give you a thousand bucks. Maybe if you're one of the lucky promoters gets yeah. approved. I didn't even apply for it because at the time I still had a day job and I didn't need it. Um, yeah. I should have done it. I had the link before I really got around, you know, a um, couple people, you know, defaults and a few other people knew about it. So they told me yeah. about it. I never did it. Cause I was like, you know what? They don't have endless money and there's a lot more people are going to be more bone than me because at the time, yeah. like I said, I still had a day job. Um, you know, I have, I have pretty supportive parents. Like they understand that I, what's going on in the world. You know what I mean? So like, I'm fortunate where like, if times get tough, it's not like I'm going to get evicted. You know, I'm not going to have to move out of anywhere. So I didn't apply for it. But like, besides that, like, I mean, I know people that are like legitimate LLC business promoters that have gotten fucking nothing. Exactly. They've They've applied for PPE. They've applied for the the being an independent contractor loans, all of it. And they've gotten absolutely nothing because the government does not give a fuck. When I, was talking to, when I was talking to Nick the other day, I was like, you know what sucks, man? Like if, if like, for example, like for the nomads is going on for crew yeah. workers, I think that's amazing. 
He's I done such those, a great job with that. Those those Frank is killing it with that. He was a guest on the on the show a couple episodes. Well, eh, it was a while ago, but yeah. Yeah, I've had him on the show. His like they've raised over a hundred thousand dollars now. They are like absolutely fucking killing it. Yeah, you know they're on their third round of silent auctions. They're also donating money to like the NAACP, the NCLU. Like like they're he is just fucking. I'm so proud of him, man. Yeah. Like I'm lucky he's to call him a friend. But even he was saying like I wish I could help promoters. I wish I could help the other people. He's like, yeah. but I have my mission and here it is and, I, and when i was talking to nick i was like you know it's funny because if i started or anybody started to like hey here's a, a program or a fund or whatever and it helps promoters it would just be everybody talking shit dude you know exactly I mean? at the end of the day most band members don't understand the place of promoters nowadays and well, it's not, not even band members it's like the people that go to shows like i can't tell you well. over my career i've been like oh well like why do I have to listen to your rules at the show? Like, I, I'll just go through my own show. It's like, fine, then fucking do it, motherfucker. Yeah, it's you not that people think. And that's the thing. It's like, they yeah. think they think all the promoter did was like, okay, they, they found the bands for the package and then they post about it on Facebook once. That's what they see. And, they, and to yeah. them, that's the end of the day. Yeah. But there's so much more that goes into being a promoter that people don't think about. And mm -hmm. I know so many people are promoters right now that are hurting because there's nothing for them. There's, not, there's yeah. no benefits. There's no... I mean, some of them will have applied for unemployment through it, but it's like, it's still not easy. There's no yeah. real way to get it to to be what you need it to be. And especially if you're- yeah. Well, and there's only one more payout that the 25th, I think it is, is the last one of July. And that's then that $600 bonus that we're all getting, or at least, well, only California and like New York at the six. But like yeah. that bonus from the CARES Act is gone. Yeah. So then like all of us are like double fucked and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I, I brought it up on other shows and other and other podcasts and like other things I've been on where it's like, I think it's, I'm fortunate that I've sat at every side of the table. I tried being a booking agent. I tried running my own label. I've tour managed. I've been the merch guy. I've been the lighting guy. I've been the promoter, but I've also like, you know, you know me and the guys that like we go work yeah. with the catalyst and stuff like that. Like we get hired out. So I literally yeah. feel like I've done and experienced like every little part of the puzzle. So I've sit at every side of the table. So like a lot of these younger bands that I work with when they come to me for stuff, I'm like hitting them with like, okay, well, this is what I'm gonna tell you to do. And like, this is how it's gonna look. This is how it can affect your band on both sides of the table. And they're like, they're like, th like this can have more than a one ripple effect. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, they're like, and they're like, how do you know that? And it's like, I just feel bad because like people just don't think about it. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, like, don't, they don't have that association of, you know, okay. So let's say, let's say I as a band get to load in an hour late. Sucks, right? You know, yeah. people are like, oh yeah, that sucks, you know, whatever. But it, you got to think about it, you know. If there's a sound guy there, he's been there for an hour. He had to get paid for that hour of mm -hmm. being there. You know, how many crew people are there that have been cleaning and making sure stuff's ready for you to be there? You know, yeah. when I worked at, you know, Ace of Spades, it was this thousand cap room where we'd have bands show up sometimes like four or five, six hours late. And they would come in like, you know, whatever. And it's yeah. like, why did you set the load in that early if you were never going to show up that Especially early? Especially when they set it themselves. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, man, I've, I've gotten so sick of it over the years. Like, I'm so thankful for the relationship we have with the Catalyst yeah. in Santa Cruz. Because, like, if it's like, hey, I need an early load in there, they'll just be like, dude, we don't open that early. And I'm like, just have the bartender open the doors. Like, yeah, that's all. And then, and then you, I mean, you know, Justin and all the, and all of my guys that, yeah. and Casey and everybody like we'll show up and we'll just load the bands in. We'll get the, 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 the gear staged on stage. So when the sound guy shows up, all he has to do is sound check everything. Yeah. And like, luckily I have that relationship, but so many outside yeah. promoters don't where it's exactly. like, 
Oh, it, that, that should on paper cost me an extra three to six hundred dollars yeah. if if I have to come in two hours before everyone else is scheduled. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like it's not, it's just not that simple. Like I'm very it's big not. on my bands, like being punctual. And it's like, dude, if you are going to be late, it's okay, but tell the fucking promoter or at least tell the TM so the TM can tell the promoter. Yeah. Communication is so key to Mm -hmm. this business and Mm -hmm. people so often fail at that. And, you know, we all have times where it's okay. You know, someone's, you know, late to email me back, you know, that that's, that happens. No one's going to, you know, freak out over, you know, one, you know, but it's when there's a repeated issue of communication, then it becomes a much bigger issue because it's like, if your band can't contact you or connect with you and tell you, Hey, there's issues then that usually ends up being in, instead of, you know, what could have been a resolved issue, maybe now you no longer work with the band because they decided you weren't communicating enough. It's, it's unfortunate, but that happens. And then there's venues, you know, where there's bad communication and someone shows up a couple hours early, someone shows up late. Yeah. All those things have an effect that people don't usually think about, which is unfortunate. And at the smaller level, there's not as big of an effect, so you don't see as much of the ripple that you're causing. Yeah, exactly. With each, you know, each time you get to a slightly bigger room, you, the ripple gets a little bigger too. Well, that and then like, I think now more than ever, and I think you can attest to this, especially with me, because we all know I'm a hothead, like the promoters talk to each other. They do. So I have no problem being like, yo, good fucking luck dealing with those assholes tomorrow. Or and- you know even what I mean? Because it's like, because it's like, dude. Even even the promoters that like make money, yeah. you know, like I know there's those few independent promoters. They don't own their own room, but they're still clearing two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're doing forty shows a month to do that. Though, like that's yeah. still, yeah, it's a job. But like, promoters don't have job security. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, I mean, okay. Let, let me rephrase that. Nobody in the music industry has job security. I shouldn't just say promoters. Yeah. That's that's that, fucking that, unfair. But like, there's a lot of like unappreciation. For all this shit, you know what I mean, and like the thing, the thing is like now, like again, I, man, I hate tuning my own fucking horn on, on these episodes, but I keep, I end up keep doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're doing that live show you guys played, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're gonna be doing one a month at Fang with four bands total, and then we're gonna be doing the other three Saturdays of the month or four, depending on you know what year it is. Yeah. Like we're gonna be doing two band sets at X Bar every yeah. Saturday night. Like, but that includes like two sound people, two to three video people you know, two to three security people helping loaders and then the two people helping sanitize everything. And then me kind of like supervising or whatever fucking word you want to use. I'm sure my team would not use the word supervising, but that's fine. You know, uh, you know, and it's like, we'll be doing that and we don't get, we're not going to get paid for this. And like, that's my thing is like, I've had a couple of people that hit me up that were like, yo, like, how, how did you make that happen? I, I put an episode out about this and it's like my lowest viewed episode, which is absolutely mind boggling to me. I know it's just me and I don't have like a guest or anything, but like still like it's like advice yeah. on, how, on how to do that yourself. And it's like, dude, like just talk to people, make the connections, make the relationships. Like if I didn't have the relationship I have with Nick over at Fang, that, those shows, the show at Fang that you guys played wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe it would have, but it wouldn't have been there. It could have been a different situation, you know, and Nick and Brent did so much to work themselves to make sure we could stream. We had the webcams. Well, we had multiple and then the power went out and blew them out. So we ended up with only the one, but like, you know, make the connections, do the work. Like this is supposed to be a selfless job. You know, like I do, I've never once sat here and been like, I'm going to keep being a promoter because I fucking can get rich. I live in a one bedroom apartment with my girlfriend we have 
no illustriousness to our life. You know what I mean? Well, okay, I guess I do vacation a lot because you guys all grill me for that. <laughs> but like, but like that's that's different. You know what I mean? Well, it's not really different, but like I'm I I'm lucky and I have a timeshare. I mean, it's that's not like, it's not a life of luxury. That's a exactly think exactly. Of a motor and they think. Oh, you know, they're walking oh, so much I money. Mean, and it's like, I've dude. literally had people come over to like my house for barbecues, like not when I lived in this apartment, oh, but, been, but other places. Been. And they were like, oh, you don't live in like some like nice ass neighborhood or some like baller ass house. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And that was before I started managing bands, Julian. So like, imagine <laughs> that. Like, I'm like, no, like, dude, the music industry sucks, bro. You have to work hard for many, oh, many, dude. many, many, many years before it fucking matters, dude. Yeah, you do. It, you really do. People yeah. don't understand the, the amount of a thankless job this is. And it's like, I, I make a point whenever I play a show to try and thank as many of the venue staff as I can. Like, yeah. you know, if I see, it, thank the sound guy. Just that, at least that, that guy is busting his ass to try and make sure you guys sound good. He's probably never heard your band before. He's probably never met any of you guys before. Yep. And if you're being a dick, why? He, the thing is, he's trying to do his job. He might be an asshole, but at the end of the day, he's still doing his best to try and make you sound good. And he's yeah. still try and work hard. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I mean, there are a lot of dick sound guys out there, there in the world. There like, totally are. We all know that. Most, I mean, most of them are just exhausted at, at this yeah. point, though. You know, it's not that they, not that they came into this thinking, Oh, I you know I want to be a huge asshole to bands. You know, we we all we all get it at this point. You know, everyone's exhausted. Yeah. Right now, it's a nice kind of break, but you know, it's not that mm -hmm. nice. But. Sorry, sorry. Let, let me interject. Sorry for the yawn, Julian. Yeah, I'm not bored. No just saying, everybody. I know the last couple episodes, I've been like that dick that's like yawning on the episodes. The diet that Trina and I are doing is like no caffeine, no coffee, no nothing. So like, I am. It is. It is like I feel great. My body feels good. I'm just like tired because I don't have oh, any yeah. like the fake shit I've been pumping into my fucking veins for like fucking ten years. You know what I mean? Dude, my girlfriend's the same way. Just Red Bulls every day. Yeah, so. yeah. Like so. So I apologize. Um, but yeah, dude. Okay, enough about fucking fuck fuck promoters. Who fuck me? Dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the reason I asked you on the show today, Julian, is like you know. You and I, I've probably been having the most talks with like you and Dan and then like probably like Sean about like what's going on and then the, and then Milford, you know what I mean? Like probably like what's going on with touring, when can you get back to, I, I hate saying back to normal, you know, like what's next. And so I'm like, instead of talking about that, like there's a thousand podcasts covering coronavirus and what's next That's and fair. what's going on. I wanted to kind of have you on and like, you know, I, I work with a lot of smaller bands. You work with a lot of smaller bands. Yep. I'm, I don't want to use the term baby band on this show. I fucking hate that. I hate that the industry does that. That's fair. Um, if any of you big agents watch this, when you send me those emails that are like, submit, you know, we can, yeah, yeah, like we're looking for openers. Don't send me a baby band. Well, you know what? Fuck you. All your bands got here, got to where they are somehow. And you the worst part I mean? is they'll still put a baby band on, just not one of your baby bands. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's no, like it, you let you let some, you let somebody else who fucking let your butthole put their baby band on exactly but because I don't do that you don't put mine on yeah so so anyways for like these smaller bands with like touring and like for example like getting noticed by a booking agent like like you or Tanner or yeah I mean anybody over it like I don't know how like how does dynamic talent oh so for those of you I cut Julian's story off a little bit and slash we wandered because hi. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Artery Global rebranded to Dynamic Talent yeah. International, right? International, yep. right, Julian? Yes. Yep. Uh, last year. So, or is that this year? 
You know, I think it was maybe the very beginning of this year, maybe the end of last year we were I talking mean, about. Right it. now, oh. time is meaningless. Time is just a giant bottle Dude. of Corona flying through the sky right now. It was now. just April, like a week ago, I thought. Dude, like, right? It, so, it, the weeks fly by. So. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so Artery Global uh, rebranded as Dynamic Talent International. So, like, you know, what qualities do you guys look for, you know, when you're getting? Because yeah. I'm sure your, your submission email is just popping off. Yeah, you know what that's, I mean? that's a great question. I, I talk to a lot of bands and I have a lot mm -hmm. of bands email me. And usually I try and at least respond and say, hey, you know, either, you know, maybe maybe it sounds good. Maybe it just wasn't my, my thing. But so I'm always looking to it's like I, I'll spend a lot of time looking through Spotify daily mixes. I'll spend time looking through my release radar. Maybe I'll see a band that's really starting to pop off and that sound. Maybe I'll, you know, just go to Spotify and look, okay, who are their related artists Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. on their radio? Who am I going to see pop up? So there's a lot of, you know, social media aspect that I'll see pop up or I'll see, sometimes I'll just go see some bands touring and then all of a sudden I'm watching some openers and they're killer. So maybe that's okay. You know, I'll talk to them and say, Hey, yeah. you know, how are you doing? You know, is my name. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. But my main thing is I want, so with touring nowadays, what I want is I want bands that are showing me that they have, they're willing to put in effort. And that is the number one thing I want is effort. Okay. If, if your band is putting an effort, whether it's, you don't have to necessarily be booking your own tours. I get that not every band's capable of doing that. Not everyone has the logistical vibe of that. That's, that's mm -hmm. fine. But or their, or their patience. Exactly. And th there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that go into it. And sometimes they just don't necessarily understand exactly their value, which yeah. which happens a lot. Mm -hmm. But if a band well, it's, effort, I mean, when you're proud when you're proud of your work, yeah, you know, I'm proud of what I do. I mean, how many times have I been like up your ass about something? Oh, and it's like the little it's like the littlest thing, but it's because like I'm so passionate about the stuff I especially. I mean, obviously, I'm passionate about like representing the bands I represent, but especially on like the promoter angle, I'm like, no, dude, like it needs to be done. Like I, you know, then again, like I know I have a different outlook than most where I'm very selfless. I'm more well, selfless than most, but anyways, sorry, continue, continue well, with the effort. It's it just effort is like, you know, there's, there's simple things like you, you're playing a local show. Mm -hmm. Have I seen any of you guys post about this show? Have I seen, I, I see the band page post about it once, but like, let's, let's say I look through your personal profiles. If not one of you has posted other than, you know, the band, Page, why am I? What, where's the effort here? Where's yeah. where are you promoting the show? Exactly. Maybe, but you know, when was the last time I saw a band putting up flyers? It's been a long ass time since I've seen flyers, and that's and that's okay. Not everyone mm -hmm. is, feels so up to going to post up physical flyers everywhere. Yeah, but you know, talk to your friends, put it on your on your stories, your Snapchat stories, your Instagram stories, whatever you're doing, yeah. keep pushing that show. But at the same time, there's not just that's not the only way to push the show. Yeah. Let's say there's no locals or let's say there's only one or two locals. If you're not putting an effort to find locals for your shows or at least, you know, reach out and try and find people who know people. Yeah. Why? Like, especially right. when I'm taking on these, these, you know, younger acts, let's mm -hmm. say I take on a younger act. Let's say they're going to go play in. They say they, they tell me they want to play in Chicago. So let's say I try and go book them a show in Chicago. I could have a great promoter. But if it's the wrong day, sometimes you just they can't find the normal locals that they that they have. Yeah. And that happens every now and then. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. there's just too many shows in the same genre. I let's say I tell the band, okay, promoters having a hard time finding locals. I don't have hours in my day to go search for locals in your specific genre, but I will try. I will try. 
And you but, you watch it. You're one of the only, only agents I know that does that. Yeah, but at and the same like, time, bands do... are doing that too. That, that's well, the thing yes. that I think people miss out on. It's like a lot of these bands. If I tell them there's no locals, they'll just kind of say, "Darn, you know, why can't the motor find locals?" It's like, dude. Well, that's like, why can't you make a post on your page yeah. saying, like, hey, we're trying to play Chicago. We need an extra band or two to help. I mean, I exactly. used to do that all the time for like the, the bands, like before I was even a manager, like when I was like just exactly. DMing a few bands here or there. Like, I can't tell you how many times she's like, or even being a merch guy, I would get, go save a show because I, I'd be oh. like, yo, like I'm trying to roll through like with, with the band, the promoters needs a little bit of help promoting the show. Like we have no locals. Like who wants to play with like arsonist, for example, I told them, I'd be like, who wants to play with arsonist in like two weeks, you know, like, you know, everybody should, you know, share my status or repost this or I, I forget yeah. how it worked on MySpace, but it was like everybody tag each other that could help with this. Exactly. You know I mean? And it, it's, it's just, you know, finding a network or finding someone to help you find that show there. Like, why did you want to play the show in Chicago? Do you know people there? If you know people there, then, ask them about locals. It's there's like, there's all these steps that go into it. It's like any small touring band should make an effort of a mm -hmm. trying to find locals. B try to find people that want to go to this show, whether yeah. it's and it, okay. If you get to a city early, what are you doing? Most of the time people are, you know, kind of messing around, but it's like, maybe just like, Oh, the skate shop, the skate shops like five minutes away from the venue, drive to the skate shop, talk to the guy behind the counter, yeah. talk to a couple guys in there say, Hey, we're playing a show later that easy it's like not that everyone's going to come out every time but just showing that you're putting an effort goes mm -hmm. a long way because it's not just me that's looking it's you know yeah. managers it's other bands that are looking i've seen so many bands say yeah we took this band out because we saw them grinding we saw them working hard every every band is slowly paying attention to what you're doing even if you don't yeah. always see it the more well, and more see your name well, it's been a little oversaturated so like yeah. now is the time for smaller bands to work hard and not everybody is noticing an industry you're not it's not okay. going to be your ticket but there's more more of a uh, i'm going to go out here and say us yeah. you know more of us going out and posts and and noticing like yeah hey yeah there's a you know like you know i know there's a band that we you know we've talked uh, you know yeah. about is like you don't you don't book no home you know, yeah. one of the bands on my roster, but you have no problem pitching them and putting them on anything you can because yeah. you know they fucking hustle. Yeah, they you make zero thing. money doing helping me out. Yeah, but, but you know the band is worth. Yeah, is worth it. You know, I'd, ra so you I'd rather put a band that's working hard on a tour that I'm working mm -hmm. on than than you know it's like I see these other bands maybe they have more experience, but just because that band's done that route, just because the band's done the same tour route three times doesn't mean they're bringing out kids. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. They see oh they they've done this three times. If they're putting in no effort every time, they're not going to get that return. Correct. And that's what people misunderstand. It's like there's a difference between experience and effort. Yeah, I you agree. Need both to succeed, but you know right. you, you need to put in the effort so you can get the good experience. Because there's bad experiences too that right. people don't talk about. You know, going to play to three people a night isn't a good experience. You guys are probably going to walk away broke. No one's going to be happy because so many of these bands will just launch into you know booking six weeks of a run and it's like dude put in the effort around your hometown put in the effort around the towns around you like let's say i live in sacramento so it's like i should be focusing on first thing is i start a new band focus on my town but also there's so many towns within two three four five hour drives that i could go play within that night it's like you know if i have the day off cool i can go drive to one of those cities and play that show with my band yeah. Yeah, but 
I also want to make sure that I'm putting in the effort to promote those shows as well. But there's simple ways you can do that too. And even if it's like you don't have, you don't necessarily know the people, maybe do something like a show trade, something like that. Show that you're putting an effort to find ways to grow your audience. Yeah. So that kind of got a long way from, you know, how we're looking. No, no, no. Effort it's, all, it's all on track. It's all, it on course. It's all right. It yeah. is. It's, it's things you need to do. It's, so effort is, an, is a big, big thing for me. If I, if I don't see effort from that band, I, I don't see why I want to put an effort for you. Because they also got to understand when you're a young band, if I, if I book you, you know, a three, four week tour, that's not something that took me a day. That's something that probably took me, you know, a couple weeks worth of work. And at the end of the day, if you're a young band, I'm getting maybe, maybe, you know, a couple hundred bucks, maybe if yeah. you're a young baby band. Yeah, and that's it's okay. like, it's like you're here, you're there to help these small bands grow. Exactly. And so I, the money, the money is, might not be the point, but still like you don't want to just waste all that fucking time. Exactly. Like I'm putting in my effort because I think you guys can grow. And, you know, obviously I have, I have interest in faith in you guys, but it's like, if, if you're not putting in the effort, why should I feel this need to put in this effort for so, so little money? It's like people don't understand that like a lot of this effort for young bands isn't about the money to begin with. It's about, yeah. you know, you believe that that's going to turn around at some point. Mm -hmm. You're making an investment of your time and energy into these bands, hoping that eventually it will be worth it. Well, and that's but, why I, that's why I wanted you on here. Cause I know you have that, like you're able to explain that very proficiently yeah. and well, you don't sound like a douchebag. It is an investment. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's a lot of people that'll be like, well, you know, I need the bank to work hard so I make my money. But it's like, no, it is an investment. Like, you exactly. know, like I know like one of the other reasons I love working with like you and Dan, um, I, I don't know why I keep fucking bringing that motherfucker up, but I do. Uh, <laughs> all right, I love Dan. No, it's all right. I do too. He, uh, he's watching right now. That's why I, I, I uh -huh. said that. Um, you know what I mean? Is like you both will be like, I don't like this band, so I'm not going to work with them. Yeah. It's, you know it's, what I mean? It's, like, you know, sometimes it's like, just like being you, simple and honest. Yeah, like you, you listen to these bands. Hey, they okay, they have decent numbers. They, they definitely need to build, but they work hard, they put in the effort. And you know yeah. what? I like it. You know, that's how I am at Pinup. Like, there's a lot of bands that hit me up with a lot of talent that I end up like passing off to the other people that work at the company with me, other managers. Sometimes I'll send over people over, you know, to the Mishk, the Mishko at 10 and 8, because I'm like, yo, Nick, like this band is like, way more your your niche than mine yeah. like I, I i like it i think it's good but i don't know what the fuck to do here like yeah. rivals is a great example like we're not working together anymore and, and as much as i'm fucking pissed off about that and like bummed about it it makes sense because like for them for their career to like really 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 significantly grow yeah sorry i keep looking at my phone i'm getting all these fucking Corona right. shutdown notifications. I don't know if you're getting them on the Apple News I think thing. I'm getting a handful too. So yeah, I yeah. look over every now and then. And it's like it like it like looks different when it pops up when it's stuff yeah. like that. It's not just like a fucking text it's like emergency. Like, oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, like they that band. It's 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 good at the end of the day that maybe for this next album cycle. And stuff like yeah. that, that they find a new manager because they need someone that's more established in that world. And I, yeah. I don't think I did a bad job with Rivals at all. I don't think yeah. they feel that way either. It's, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not about that at the end of the day. Sometimes it's yeah. you sometimes, and people need to realize this too. Sometimes you reach the ending of a relationship with someone in that business aspect. Exactly. And it's better to end that on good terms mm -hmm. than to try and force something to work when you guys are both unhappy. Yeah, well, well, another thing is, is like, you know, like, 
you've been fr- friends with me for a while. Like the yeah. whole reason Pinup exists as a management or as a pr- promotion company is because I, I like give back. I care about my local yeah. scene. I want there to be music in the Bay. Well, all over California now, technically, but the, yeah. you know, specifically the Bay, you know, I want the scene to prosper of all the genres. Yeah. Like I, it's for a good reason. The last thing I want is for a band to come to me that I'm like, yo, I love your music, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I try and ruin their career. That's the last yeah. thing I want to do, you know, yeah. like, and I, and that's, that's where I'm at, dude. Like, that's just, so yeah. Well, I think that's the importance though. If like, you know, when you, when you go to learn all these different tools of the trade, you know, you go to be a promoter, you go to, you know, be a manager, you go to, you know, try and run a label, you start seeing it from all these other aspects. So now you can understand, okay, where is this band at? What can I do for them? Do I yeah. think I can actually push them further than they are? Like there, there's a lot of bands that'll come to me too and say, you know, Hey, you know, do you think, do you think we're ready for this? And I'll say, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm ready to pick you guys up. Not because you guys aren't putting in the effort, but because you guys aren't at the step where you need me. And this isn't going to yeah. be effective for anyone right now. It's, yeah. it's just not. And that, and that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, sometimes there's, it's not enough yet for someone to be able to pick you up and that's okay. Mm-hmm. The thing yeah. is, they're not telling you no, they're telling you not right now. Yeah. And that's what people yeah. need to understand is not every single no is a, you know, screw your band. We hate you. All that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's yeah. just at this exact moment, I either don't have the time or maybe I, I just can't put in the time right now. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I have other things I need to focus on. Maybe exactly. I have, Maybe I have other bands in that genre I don't want to necessarily compete with already. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a lot of different factors that might factor into me saying no to you, but yeah. it might not necessarily even be anything about you. It might be yeah. something about my bands. Yeah, like, and I don't know if I've said it on this show or on one of the other podcasts I've been on in the last like six months, but like uh, I had Adrian on this show from After the Burial. Yep. Uh, and uh, one of he showed me a couple podcasts. I, for, I want to say it was the managemental one. I don't remember which podcast it was. I like managemental. It's a good podcast. Yeah, but one of the episodes that he showed me, we were road tripping. Uh, it was last year where I went to go see the Ghost Inside Reunion show. Yeah. Uh, we were road tripping down. Um, and we were, in, wait, or no, was it on the way to Nam? I don't fucking know, dude. I'm, I'm old and I drink too much. Um, down in Southern California. Uh, yeah, we, we, were, we were road tripping somewhere. And so so he put he put it on. And one of the things it said was like, it was like, uh, it was like Matt Pike. It was like a big wig in the industry. Yeah. You know, somebody, something, some, fuck, I, I wish I remember what fucking episode it was. Maybe it was Biggie. I don't know. But the thing they said was like, honestly, like the hardest thing for a lot of managers to learn and for a band to hear is to sometimes it's, it's the, the best thing you can do. The most responsible thing you can do is tell a band no, or that they're not ready or whatever, you know, like, yeah, like it doesn't, does it mean you're not in their corner? No, it just means like sometimes you know, these bands, you're, you're part of a band's team because they trust you because yeah. like you, tr- you hopefully grow to trust them and vice versa, but also like you're to steer their ship. Right. And sometimes it's like, no, that's a bad idea. Even if you want to do it, it's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, you know, you hear a band and you're like, this is awesome. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I have no idea what I could do with this that they're not already doing. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of bands need to realize too, is sometimes it's like, it's just not the right person to work with you because maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they're doing the exact same stuff you, you would be doing already. So mm-hmm. at that point, why are you paying someone 10% or 15% or whatever you're paying them to do what you're already doing? And then, yeah. and then no one's happy in that relationship, which is exactly. you didn't get back to square one of, you know, okay, now someone has to say no. Yeah. So okay. I think that's, well, 
yeah. So so again, we started rambling. Yeah. I, we fucking sorry. No, dude. I you know what? Honestly, like I love this show, and a lot of the feedback I get is because it's so natural. Like they're natural yeah. conversations. It's not like we have this rigid structure of like talking points and like. Yeah, I was like asking. Oh, this show is presented by fucking <laughs> yeah. This show is presented by PV some douchebag and buy these headphones I'm wearing because uh, they paid me three thousand dollars. Fuck, I wish. Dude, I wish I got a headphone. <laughs> <laughs> my little my little Apple headphones from years I ago. Know, I know. I these are. $50 headphones I use to play video games, you know right, what I mean? So works. it's whatever. Um, so like besides, uh, you know, um, the working hard, well, you know, what's, what's, what's the number two thing you look for in a band? Be creative. You know, it's like, it's not just cause people, I see people, you know, fall. Oh, I like that answer so much. I'm going to unbutton, unbutton another button. <laughs> That's I, see, I like that answer. I just see so many bands doing, you know, it's like, I see, okay, let's say, you know, okay, this is a really common trope is like maybe you'll see one band that's that's popping right now. Like let's say let's say Varials. Varials mm-hmm. releases a yellow a yellow shirt. Two months later, all these local hardcore metal bands now, yellow shirt, same color. Mm-hmm. Why well, I, I get it. I get why people are doing that because it's like, okay, I see a lot of people wearing this color, it looks popular. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not necessarily just the reason. You know, it's like sometimes you need to be like, okay, so they're doing this. And they found that people liked that after they did it, where no one else was really doing that yellow shirt. Yeah. So now you need to find what is your yellow shirt. You know, it's like what different item brings people into you. You know, yeah. it's like I've seen bands sell crazy stuff like knives and hatchets and stuff like sure. that. Oh, and dude. just like certain oh, fan bases love that. And they found that their fan base loved it. So they that's what they pushed. I think the second and, thing I've seen in a while was left behind for the last album. It was yeah. like a fucking flannel with like a fucking like one-handed yep. axe, dude. Yep. I was like, that is sick. And then like I am made those hard to kill fucking yep. knives, but they're not like cheap knives, they're like real knives. Oh, Tanner had uh, it in the office for super long too. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and then uh I think I think even Ice Nine Kills did like a hatchet recently mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like but it's like all these bands, like that's what their fans want. But they it you know, it wasn't necessarily that you know someone else was selling that which made them want to sell it. It was okay. Yeah. What cool item can we make for people that they want? That's creative. That's yeah. different. True. And that's, and that's what people want. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm, you're right. You're right. And like the creativity, I mean, like let's let's reference. I go, you know me. I get. I don't know if you've watched any of these. If you haven't, it's fine. I get really old school a lot of times with my references. You're from NorCal, bro. Okay. We, we all know the the Merch Kings. Oh yeah. All time Merch King band animosity. That fucking gold hand grenade. The the gold foil hand grenade. You know what I mean? Like. It's just, it is what it is, dude. It There's, is. You know, finding, oh, and that's what people take too, is, you know, part of creativity is also building a brand that is worth something. Yeah. Not every young band is going to have one, and I get that, you know, but when I see a band that has their brand ready and, they're, and they know what, you know, they want to be, when they know what they want to appear as, it makes it a lot easier to push that because you see, Okay. Keep talking, Julian. Yeah. It's like, but you see, this band is exactly what they say they are. And it's a lot easier to promote that than having to worry about stuff like, you know, what is this band going to sound like? What is this band going to be like? You know, who is this band? But having having a direct brand makes it so much easier to promote to an audience because you can actually reach out and say, hey, 
this is who we are. Every single thing you post should kind of have the same sort of, this is who we are. This all fits within our sort of brand or our idea or our team. This makes sense as a cohesive unit. And that's what's important. I know you just missed what I was saying, but basically, oh, okay. I can I, I can summarize from how yeah. you ended that sentence. Yeah, I, I, exactly. It's you know you want bands to be a one marketable piece, mm -hmm. and yeah. merch has to go into that. You know, all of your posts have to fit into that. Every single thing about your band has to seem like a unit. As soon yeah. as I start seeing you know all these things that are like different, it's a different vibe than what your band is posting already. Then I start yeah. kind of being like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. That's why I think it's sometimes an issue for some of these bands. They'll, they'll hire these social media companies to run their social media and create content for them. And they won't really ha give them a direction. And then you'll start seeing what was kind of cohesive before. Now you start seeing changes a little bit, but it loses engagement too. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the different, the more different it is, all of a sudden now it doesn't work with what you were promoting. Now people stop caring because it doesn't seem like it's the same band anymore. Yeah. All that piece. It, it's all pieces of the same puzzle. Yeah. But, being creative and finding a creative brand that works for your band and aligns with your values, aligns with whatever mm -hmm. about your band is what you want to push forward. Yeah. That's important. Um, so that's all kind of part of creativity too, because it's, you know, being creative and finding what yeah. defines you guys as a band. Sometimes yeah. it's just, you know, it's the album that you're promoting. Sometimes e people change with each album kind of have a different vibe and that, that works too, but having something that's at least consistent to move forward with works. Yeah. Like one of my favorite bands ever is Thrice. And mm -hmm. you see that they change so much of, you know, their sound, every record, they try and do a lot of different stuff. But there are consistently have an idea. And yeah. it always sounds like Thrice because it follows kind of along their idea of we're going to do what we want. And that can mm -hmm. be a brand and people don't realize that, you know, we yeah, do well, what we want is a part of that brand. Yeah. And like Between the Buried Me is another great example of that. Yep. Like, Every album sounds a little different, a little like the last, a little yeah. like some more progression. But then at the same time, it's still all BT Bam. Exactly. You know I mean? Like, yeah, there's some some albums you like more than others and vice versa. Yeah. You and know it, I mean? everyone should have their own preference of stuff. You know, it's like if, if you don't have a favorite record from a band, that's okay. But, you know, you, yeah. you probably know in your head that you're just like a couple that you like a little bit more, a couple you like a little bit less. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, it's cohesive. Yeah, and that's that's what's important. Cohesiveness sure. in your, you know, whatever you're doing needs to be. It all needs to be together. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. I mean, yeah. Well, we're coming up on an hour here. I try to. Okay. I try to. I try to to chill around around that mark. Yeah. Um, so let's let me do. Let me hit you with one more question. Yeah. Um, what do you think the best thing? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure your answer is going to be be creative. But what do you think the best thing bands can be doing right now during the pandemic is? I mean, it's a combination of one and two is creative effort. That's what you need to do is you need to have, you need to be creating content that engages your audience because I think so many bands go out on these tours and they, you know, expect people to just love them live, but it's like, you got to engage people before them to make them want to come out to the show. So right now is your chance to spend all of this time engaging your audience. And with so many, we have so many tools nowadays that we can, you know, we can be very specific with who we want. You can target fan bases with your advertisements. You can you can target age groups. You can target geographic locations. Yeah. If you're going on a tour, spend, you're planning a tour, let's say, and it's going to be six months from now. You could even just spend a dollar per city, just advertise and target at that city, specific ads. And then what you're doing is you're testing, okay, does this city kind of vibe with it? Does it not? 
but that's a creative effort you can do. It's like you can test, you know, how your brand works among these cities and among yeah. your target audience. Change, you know, maybe change a little bit who your target audience is to figure out, okay, this is what works better here. This is what works better there. But put in the creative effort to engage that audience and find your audience. And once you have them found, it's it's mm -hmm. that much easier to directly be like, okay, this is what we are. And then people start listening a lot quicker. I agree. You, yeah. um, I mean, I, you actually said it better than I would have said it. So, well, there's just I, a lot. There's there's yeah. a lot at the end of the day, you know. There's so many ways to say it, but yeah, put in creative effort to what you do. Yeah. Okay. I have a I have I have a personal business question yeah. for you, and then we'll wrap up. All right. Is yeah. that cool? Yeah. Is it a new band to pick up? All right. So <laughs> the personal question is, it's okay, baby. It's okay. Uh sorry, the puppy. They're they're the plumbing burst in the next apartment unit over. That's what the knock. Uh, that's what the hissing loud. is. That the hissing and the loud pounding on the door was that. So okay. I hope the background noise isn't too I bad. I hear it a little bit, but I don't think it's too bad. Okay. Well, everybody listening to this episode, once you listen to it on like podcast and on YouTube, sorry. Um, but I don't I don't edit stuff. That's why it's called Joel Cupcake Unedited. So. I don't know. I don't know if you saw the video with EJ in it. Uh, Julian, I haven't watched that one. He yet. uses his fucking. It. He uses his phone as a hotspot, and he he does the interview in his backyard. So his phone just like overheats, and he just like freezes <laughs> in the middle of the video. And I'm like, uh, so I just like I like remove his video from the feed and just like talk myself until he comes back. And I was like, <laughs> this. Um, Very good right. move. So yeah, yeah. So my question for you, picking your brain out of curiosity, is like, you know, obviously I'm a little biased because we already did one and we're planning on yeah. doing more with these live shows. Like, how do you feel about that medium? Like the the live. Like I think yeah. I've been talking to, um, you know, Adam from Oceano and a few other people, and like they seem to think that there is room in this Twitch or Facebook live like medium for concerts. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the general public isn't accepting of it until they watch it. Once they watch it, they seem to be grasping it. Uh, how do you feel about all that? I think it honestly depends on the band itself too. You know, okay. for some of these bands, a live stream can be great because some of these brands either, they have a lot of technical parts, which can be awesome to see live. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like with Sea in the Sky, they play these beautiful progressive parts. They brought in the saxophonist, awesome great live show but there's some bands it's like you know and no offense to anyone that, that this kind of band is some bands are kind of these you know gloom and doom bands you know it's like maybe it doesn't work very well on a live stream because you know maybe you, maybe your entire thing about your band is like let's say worship you know worship is about being a loud band yes on a live stream that doesn't necessarily carry the same you know depth. yeah it doesn't carry the same weight you're not going to get the same experience exactly you know? but i think overall for the majority of bands live stream concerts are a genuine possibility and they can be awesome. Yeah. I think for some bands, they might have trouble translating their exact live persona into mm -hmm. these live streams. But I think finding new ways to channel what your brand is into that can be effective. And I think yeah. it's like the more and more you experiment with it, maybe you want to try a couple times first to, as a band, like, okay, let's film our practice. Let's mm -hmm. see how that how that looks. We'll, we'll yeah. play as if we were playing on a live stream. And if you watch it and you're bored, your fans are going to be bored way before you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you know the song, so you're paying attention. But, like, if you kind of start feeling bored, that yeah. then maybe maybe you guys need to change something else about what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe 
maybe you need to live stream from a different angle. Maybe you need to have it focused on the drummer because your drummer is your awesome player who you love to watch. Yeah. Maybe it's like your bass player. Maybe it's your guitar player. Maybe it's your singer. And, you know, you never sure which person this is. Or maybe it's just your band as a unit is so yeah. cohesive that it's awesome to watch together. But if I can't see someone, now it sucks. Yeah, exactly. So finding out what works best with your band for a live stream setting, try it with videotaping yourself. Try it, you know, do whatever you can to get at least an idea of, okay, mm -hmm. this is what it's going to be like before you rush into it. Because I think that, that's just too much for some bands just to try and make that switch. Yeah, I know what you mean. Trust me. Yeah. Um, more, well, great answer. Yeah, I mean, I hope more promoters start trying to do the, the, the live yeah. show medium. I've I hope more a, fans figure it out. I hope more studios figure it out. Um, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. We are in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I understand that it's hard for you to make money. But every, if anybody watches this and they pull it off, just give fucking back. There are other people suffering. Don't charge for the bullshit. I'm so sick of it. Like really short of like, it's either really, really small promoters that don't have a lot of reach or it's, or it's big bands doing this. And the small promoters are doing it for free. The big bands are charging. And then there's, you know, I don't think I'm a, I'm a big promoter. I don't, or, or anything. The, the pinup page does have a lot of reach because we've been a company for so long. We have 12,000 yeah. on there. You know, so even with the even with the bullshit one percent algorithm, that's still twelve hundred people that, in theory, will see it. So, like, we're lucky in that regard, and I know I'm lucky in that regard. And it's like I am not expecting to make a fucking cent off this yeah. because people are just so upset and hungry for music and hungry for for some semblance of live music and normalcy. Yeah, what I will say is, some bands. I, I, that they're charging and some of that is going directly into the crew. That's awesome. I think that's yes. a good way that you can sustain, you know, Do you know or if it's going towards, you know, maybe some of the employees that are out of work. Okay. Yes. That makes sense to me. Great. Well, be clear about that. Be transparent. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's, not, that's the thing. Not that there's so much vagueness in the music industry. You and I both know that. Yeah. Now is not the time for that. Now is the time for a hundred percent, just clear transparency. Yeah. Just say, you know, portion of proceeds. If it's not the whole thing, portion that's that's okay you can say it just a portion is going to there but you know don't try and say like all of it's going if it's not and that that's okay you know if it if if it's getting split up cool no one's going to stress about that everyone understands that someone has to make a buck at the end of the day exactly but do what you can to help whenever you can help if it's especially something that's free you know a f sharing on facebook is free sharing on instagram is free sharing yeah. on all your social media platforms that's a free thing you can do to help someone. Yes. A like, a comment, all that stuff just increases engagement. I agree. And that's something you can do for free, no cost to you. It will help. Yeah. It will help. Yep. Okay. Wrap question. Yep. What's your favorite color? Purple. Tight. That's the second time I've gotten that answer. What's your favorite place to eat on tour? Illegal Pete's. I just love those burritos. Well, I, I, and they're free. I'm, I'm, <laughs> You know what? I am so fucking surprised you're the first person to say that, dude. I love that place. Dude, I, uh, I back Illegal Pete so hard. If, you do, if you're a touring band, you can email them and they will feed you for free. Arizona too now. They're in a lot of places now. They're expanding, but they take care of us every time we're there. They've been excellent. They're, they are just like, hands down, a great company. And, I mean, if you live in Colorado, just go buy their food anyway. Support them because they support the entire entertainment industry. Sick. Sick. Okay. Um, 
I'll save the other question I normally ask for when we actually do an episode about you. Okay. So we can ignore that. Uh, Julian, how can we find you and how can we find your band and how can we find dynamic talent on, on the World Wide Web? It will all be linked in the video at the end for those of you that you don't have to write this down. I still want Julian to, to shoot a shot, you know? Um, Julian Grenz is my name. I don't have my last name right on here right now, but if you search me on Facebook, it usually pops up. Or Julian Loves Dogs, that's usually the other go-to. So one of those two will probably find me. Um, Demon and Me is usually just Demon and Me CA, just because it's a California band. So, uh, and then Dynamic Talent, Dynamic Talent uh, INT. Mm -hmm. so that's most of our handles on social media, so. Awesome, Julian, yeah. my man, thank you for being here. Thank Everybody, you for having me. Thank you for listening and watching. Check awesome. out his fucking bands. Email him, get some work going with him. He's a great fucking dude. Julian, I'll have you back in a couple of weeks. Sounds That's good. Here. Everybody, click that fucking subscribe button. Read through the links. Find Julian on the internet. Support his shit too. Thank you. This has been another episode of Actual Cupcake Unedited. Bitch. <laughs>